This episode is sponsored by Fracht. Fracht means freight in German. Founded in 1955 in Basel, Switzerland as a freight forwarder, the company has grown and evolved to become a global logistics provider for many industries. Specifically for oil and gas, the company manages the complex movement of large industrial equipment used in our offshore production platforms, all the way to MRO, rope soap and dope, and chemicals. For more information, find them at www.frochtgroup.com. Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. This is Delfina Govia, the Chief Sustainability Officer for Frac, a global logistics provider with an unflinching commitment to sustainability and ESG, and where we are collaborating with our customers and our suppliers to deliver innovative, sustainable supply chain solutions. ESG Energized audience, we are almost six months into this podcast, and I had the pleasure of having my original podcast guest, Miss Paige Wilson, come by the studio to have a chat. Paige, welcome to ESG Energized. Thanks for having me back. Nice to have you here. And you had some questions for me, and we had begun to, to talk about some new things going on. And I said, you know what, let's jump on a podcast because I'm getting a lot of questions. So I'm going to let you take it away because you're the real experienced podcaster. Well, here. What do you mean? I don't I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> I feel like you're, now I feel like you're putting me on the spot. Absolutely not. Um, so you've had a lot of changes, like really big changes in your life you want to talk about uh, maybe your uh, new job <laughs> yeah so that that is a very exciting change not only for me personally but for ESG energized and you'll also notice that I have a new sponsor yes and I yes. have a new job man all kinds of changes how yeah. exciting so my new job is the Chief Sustainability Officer for Fracht, and you will hear that in my introduction, and you will also hear that Fracht has stepped up to be the sponsor of the show. And if, if you listen to the introduction of the show, or if you skip past it, which a lot of people do, I found that out, that people just go straight to the content. Fracht is a global logistics provider. Okay. And they... Are it's fun to say. Fracked, yes, isn't it? <laughs> so the, the, the one uh, disadvantage that I have is is that everybody around me speaks German and I don't because our our headquarters are in Basel, Switzerland. Ooh. So yeah, that's a, a disadvantage to me, but that's okay because they all speak English. We, we get along. Good. But yeah, Fracked is an organization that is incredibly dedicated to the topic of sustainability. So when the opportunity came around for me to be their chief sustainability officer, I leapt at the chance because this organization is going to be at the cutting edge 
of innovating in the logistics space where it has to do with sustainability. Mm, mm. So, so my question is, what is a chief sustainability officer? Ah, that is an excellent because I have question. no clue. Okay, well, I'm glad you asked. I can talk <laughs> about I that am all day because <laughs> I am one, or at least that's you know I play one on TV. <laughs> so, a chief sustainability officer has the responsibility in an organization for the stewardship of an organization's resources towards a dual purpose of ensuring the sustainability, that means the longevity, the sustainability of an organization in conjunction with sustainability, global sustainability for the planet. Okay. So thrive as an organization, but do no harm environmentally or socially. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like some ESG. There oh, oh, this you is, go. This is the right podcast for that, I suppose. <laughs> yes. And so within the corporate sustainability officer's uh, job requirements, there my in my within my purview is ESG, environmental, social, and governance. And for those people that continue to ask questions specifically about ESG, right. There is an evolution to all of this from what sustainability was many years ago to what it is today. Mm -hmm. So let me take it a step further. If you go back to the 1950s, the terms uh, corporate social responsibility first came on the scene and began to take hold in the 1970s. And the reason for that was is that there was a lot of social unrest at the time. Think about the civil rights movement of the 60s. Think about how people began to get a conscience about how we behaved. So corporate social responsibility started to take hold in the 70s when organizations realized that they could not just sit back and keep silent, that they had to involve themselves as a strong voice within society and take some responsibility for that. Yeah, yeah. And so then in the as things progressed in the uh, 90s, mm-hmm. when we had the internet, right? The explosion of the internet, which connected people from around the world, it all of a sudden woke the world up to the fact that there was really not nice things going on in other parts of the world. Yeah, it really opened people's eyes. Yeah, like, um, you know, child labor and unfair labor practices in countries on the other side of the world. Right. Uh, Human rights violations. Yes. And so now with these, the world being aware of this stuff that was going on, corporations once again had renewed or upped their commitment to behaving in a way that was more socially responsible. So you have seen the backlash from some organizations that are buying uh, their products, their products exactly from places where there is not good labor practices and these sorts of things. So the Mm -hmm. internet then got people talking about it even more. And then fast forward even further 
when the United Nations in 2015 decided to publish their sustainability goals. So there are UN 17 sustainability goals that exist that then started to put some shape around this topic in a manner that said, we want to be able to judge companies and see exactly how companies are putting their money where their mouth is and helping these challenges. And then the last step is the topic of ESG, environmental, social, and governance, which is, I got to learn all about. Which it's right. <laughs> we did that in our first in our first uh, show together. ESG was a mechanism, a framework whereby we could actually put metrics to all of this. So all of these things fall underneath the purview of a sustainability officer. Awesome. Okay, so so now that w- with changing of jobs causes also change of your day-to-day, so how, how is that different now in your new role? Ah, well, yes. So the day-to-day responsibilities of a chief sustainability officer, I'm going to divide that the answer to that question into two parts, internally okay. and externally. How about that? That, okay. might, that might be an easy way to, to attack it. Um, Internally, I am responsible for impacting exactly how the organization approaches this topic. Okay. And impacting exactly what we will do or we won't do in terms of sustainabilities, what activities, what different buckets we are going to pursue, and that is incredibly exciting because the difference between before where I was a partner in a consulting firm mm-hmm. that was going out and advising companies as to what they should do, now I actually get to do it myself. Isn't that liberating? It really is. <laughs> it's really kind of and exciting. And I think also well-deserved. Ah, thank you very much. And especially in an organization like Fracht, that is so incredibly dedicated to this. Right. The hearts and minds of everyone in the organization, from the owner all the way down to our workers that are out there moving equipment and moving uh, our clients' uh, goods and services, goods, Uh goods around, everybody is captivated by this topic everybody is very much dedicated to this so okay yeah. well so what what about the external part of it so from an external part of it on on a day-to-day basis it's kind of the interactions that i'm having uh-huh. so my peer-to-peer interactions are no longer just in the oil industry right because we at fracked cover all industries. It's a global logistics provider. So now I'm interacting on a day-to-day basis with other chief sustainability officers in other companies and other industries. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And being able to share what challenges we are facing is there's a lot of similarities and there's differences, but the ability to collaborate and learn from each other and make each other better is really exciting. And then the other piece of the external factor is I am able to 
interact directly with our clients to collaborate and innovate across the supply chain. So we have some very exciting, innovative solutions that are not just within this logistics space, but are an intersection of supply chain logistics, digital transformation, and sustainability, bringing all those three together, working collaboratively. Yes, I'm a professional podcaster. (laughs) I can speak clearly. Working collaboratively with our customers and our suppliers so that we can do things that have not been done before. Ooh, fancy. (laughs) (laughs) So um, as a CSO, um, what what are some common themes that you're seeing or maybe like uh, some topics that are top of mind for for companies? Ah, yes. I mean, I I know that's a loaded question. It's a loaded question, but believe it or not, there's there's a lot of commonality Mm -hmm. that we're seeing uh, that's in front of us as chief sustainability officers, no matter what industry you're in. Okay. And I would say that it is incredibly important to every chief sustainability officer worth their weight is to have tangible, measurable impact, which means you have to have science-based metrics. You have to have metrics that matter. You have to be able to say, we are doing this activity for this reason with this potential result and to be able to show that you are actually achieving something yeah. that, that is makes sense. yeah sustainable. Yeah. So you hear a lot. We talked about this on the first podcast, the topic of greenwashing. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. just flap your gums and make stump- something up and make it sound all pretty. You actually have to have measurable results. So that is a really common theme for all of us is to make sure that we are really showing that we're having uh, concrete evidence. Co- concrete evidence of of what we're what needs to be done for sustainability. Mm-hmm. Another topic that we're all, I think, excited about and struggling with at the same time because it's difficult is that of the circular economy, circular manufacturing, mm-hmm. and how. What, do what you, is that? So, circular manufacturing and circular economy is looking at things in a holistic manner, in a circular manner, so that when you're going through that process of acquiring a raw material to turning that raw material into a product that is sold, is there a loop, a closed loop Mm -hmm. to say that we are using and reusing in a manner that is minimizing waste. Gotcha. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, starting yeah. to see it. Minimizing waste, not using an excessive amount of energy. And can we then take a product that has been produced and once it has dis- been discarded, is there a way of putting that back through you know what it makes me think of it, it, the the uh symbol for recycle there you go it just yeah okay it's, yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's just kind of that's what comes to mind yeah cool so right. and that that's a really simple and yeah small I way that, but it's it's a huge topic i'd say that the other 
uh, area that is top of mind for many chief sustainability officers. And this is going to sound a little bit of self, a little bit self-serving, but let's not forget that we are in a world, as we said earlier, where people have more information, people are more connected. People, yeah. the the average person on the street can have an opinion, sometimes informed and sometimes not informed. Mm-hmm. On you as an organization. Yeah. We are also in a world where companies are beginning to look at each other and say, do I want to do business with you? And so within that context, the topic that we all strive for is a brand transformation that we as organizations feel good, feel comfortable that our brand is one of reputable regard. Right. That the world looks at us and says, ah, I want to do business with Fracht. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and that, and that looks different for different types of industries. Yeah. So if you look at the products companies, they very much look at things like packaging. They look at things like the reusability of a product. So if I have a product that I use for a little while and then I throw it in the trash, would is there a way to make that product more sustainable? Okay. Can you take the product and break it down into parts and pieces so you're only throwing away a part of the product and can you make that product o- o- out of something that is a more sustainable a more recyclable uh, material so changing your the your products your packaging how your product gets delivered we talk a lot about people getting their boxes from a certain very big uh, online <laughs> uh, retailer that sometimes you get 10 different boxes when you really could have just so guilty of that. Oh my God. I know. Right. But so, <laughs> but as, as in, but as consumers, we also want to have that option to contribute to global sustainability. So companies have to be able to provide the means and that same big retailer does give you that option says, do you want your boxes and you want your, your delivery and less boxes? And that's a more sustainable solution. So not only do consumers want that, but companies working with other companies want to be able to have that as well. And so at Fracht, one of the things that we're doing, this is kind of a fun thing to, to talk about is we're, we're in the process of developing our uh, sustainability simulations where a customer who wants to look at their logistics can actually use a simulation tool that says, all right, here are all the things that you look at look at when you're when you're securing logistic services and that could be speed, uh, safety, cost. Now if you throw sustainability measurements in place, mm-hmm. a company might be able to say, I want my freight delivered, maybe take an extra day, but I want it done through a greener lane. Okay. Right? And yeah. so if you you give them the option of having that sort of simulation tool to make those decisions, they may decide I may want it slower, but I might also or I don't want it slower, but if I pay a little bit more, I can 
I can get it in a in a greener manner. So okay. I'm just I'm dumbing things down quite a bit because we don't want to. Well, that's okay. Get into too much detail. Cause, cause I, I need it kind of dumb. So <laughs> that's quite all right. And there is one more thing I do want to mention that is uh, a very common theme uh-huh. that chief sustainability officers are wrestling with, and that is organizational resistance Mm. slash adoption. Okay. So just because a company has a chief sustainability officer or a head of ESG or somebody that is responsible for stewarding these initiatives forward does not mean that they have 100% support from the organization, especially if you're in a large global company. Oh, that's with, interesting. Yeah, with different regions, right? Because in different regions of the world have different needs. They have yeah. different challenges, and you just don't know. So chief sustainability officers across the board wrestle with getting buy-in and adoption from everyone in the organization. Some have very strong leadership buy-in, but not in individual business units. Some have buy-in on the ground, but they don't have buy-in at the top with leadership. I'm seeing that a lot of companies are having buy-in at the top with leadership, Uh but that doesn't always mean that it's translating all the way throughout the organization. Uh-huh. And how you deal with that, you change, uh, excuse me, chief sustainability officers also have to be really effective transformation agents yeah. to make that happen. And I, I will, I do have to say this about my own personal experience. I am absolutely blessed to be inside of an organization that is bought in. So yeah. I personally don't have that Otherwise struggle. Otherwise you get stretched real thin. Absolutely you get stretched real thin. Yeah. And you will see that a lot of chief sustainability officers spend a tremendous amount of time going around and selling these these ideas. So some companies have gotten very clever and said, you know what? We use a certain mechanism, a certain way of having discussions in our organization about making decisions. So so companies that are very much focused on lean manufacturing, Kaizen, that sort of, they say, okay, let's put it in that language that our organization is used to making decisions in as we're talking about sustainability. So they're getting very clever about how they have the conversations inside of their companies. And that is being effective. So well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, so I, you've explained what ESG is to me, and I understand it from an oil and gas industry point of view. But what are what are the most dramatic differences between ESG in oil and gas versus the other industries? And, and versus other yeah, industries? Yeah, because I mean, you're getting exposed to oh, that now, and that's... that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to talk about methane mitigation as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I continue to bring methane me- methane mitigation uh, type in- interviewees onto the podcast because it still is a huge topic for right, our industry. Yeah. So um, specific questions, specific topics like that, uh, you're not going to find the other industries talking about it the way we are. You're not going to see other industries investing in some of the sensor technologies that are absolutely required for us to, to monitor the, the methane mitigation. 
you also see a difference between oil and gas and the other industries is that we do not in oil and gas. I keep saying we, forgetting that I'm not in the oil and gas business anymore. You know, old but you old have habits an oil die and hard. Gas podcast. So. I do, I do, I do, <laughs> I do. Uh, but well, I just talked about brand awareness, right? right? So, oil and gas companies are not big on branding like we would in in other industries. Well, I almost, I almost feel like that's starting to change because if you look at somebody like Schlumberger, they've gone to SLB, or if you look at Total, they've gone to Total Energies, you know, stuff like that. So I think we're 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 an old we're an old uh, industry and starting to learn new tricks. Yeah, starting to you to know, it's just like okay, up. everybody stop using the Excel. <laughs> now, now we're going to, you know, there's other technologies. We'll, we, we, we eventually will get, get dragged into uh, this century, right? Yeah, but, eventually. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I do think it, it is changing, especially on the topic of ESG. Yes. Is that we're, we're starting to recognize in the oil and gas industry that the only way we're going to gain uh, respect right. for the effort that we have always put into yes. uh, environment, being stewards of the environment, right. social programs. We've never talked about it because it's just, we just don't. We just do it because it's the right thing to do. But the rest of the world is, you know, p- sticking their chest out and pounding it. We've we've got to learn to do that better. And yeah. I agree that we are starting to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why we have these podcasts is to educate people about what this industry really does. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I think that another um, really dramatic difference is we are seeing a different type of innovation and investment that has got to go into uh, advancing technologies that will help us improve. Not that there is less innovation and less investment, but dramatically different innovation and investments and innovation into the technologies. I'm repeating myself, but what I mean specifically is in the oil and gas business, we are absolutely looking, in, investing in the technologies that reduce the emissions. Right. Whereas you're seeing really wonderful investment in manufacturing processes in other industries for product companies, right? Right. So there's a, a big difference there. It's just Every industry has got to innovate in a way that's most directly relevant to them. Got to adapt yeah. to the times. So, yeah. yeah, I totally understand. Um, so so now that we've tackled the differences, where are their similarities? Ooh, yeah, well, so innovation, yes, there's... Right. We, yeah, innovation, yeah. investment, it's there. Also, where there are similarities, I think, is that the there is a recognition in all industries that sustainability activities, initiatives, advancements require that investment. And there is also 
a need for compliance, mm-hmm. putting standards in place. Right. And the people that are in the best position to do that are the big companies that have the deep pockets. Yeah, that makes sense. And as we advance different areas where it's going to require a change in technology and upgrade in equipment, the ability to spend that money is not as great in smaller companies. So there is a responsibility on the part of larger organizations to enable smaller companies to be able to play along. A recognition, and we talked about this at the last methane mitigation conference that Mm -hmm. you and I were at, and we talked about this at a a recent sustainability summit, yeah. It had nothing to do with the oil and gas industry. We had one oil. I think Shell was there. That was it. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a very good presentation, by the way. But anyway, it is the recognition that we have to find ways to support smaller organizations in being able to to. Yeah, I mean, that's only evolve. fair. Yeah, that's, that's only yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Oh. Um, so... How do you see this changing or affecting the ESG Energize podcast? Um, I think what you're going to see is I'm going to try. I'm I'm going to be bringing on different types of guests. Okay. Uh, you're going to see us expanding the conversation. So it's really going to be energized. It's really going to be energized <laughs> um, because. Another similarity, by the way, yeah. is I think is I'm going to have try to have represented here is that we're in, we're seeing in in all industries that there is this need for collaboration, mm. this need for learning from each other, learning together, learning from each other, innovating together, which I already talked about. Yeah, and I think it's going to be incredibly useful for us in oil and gas to hear what folks that are a little bit outside of our our business are doing. And uh-huh. now that I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting outside on a daily basis and having conversations with other chief sustainability officers and seeing, um, s- seeing multiple aspects of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. That I'm going to try to infuse some of that in with... Yeah, because, I mean, it's very clear they collide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, in a very positive way. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so that is the, that's it in a nutshell, that there's uh, a lot of change going on in my life. Not too much of a dramatic change for the podcast. Yeah. But I'm really hoping to bring expanded discussion topics and i'm also hoping to do to increase the level of education that we can provide it is you you, you started off by saying what is a chief sustainability yeah, officer I, I really right? didn't know there are so many people that don't know right that's why i felt it was important to ask yeah so yeah. i'd 
welcome the opportunity to talk about it more. Okay. So hopefully this gives us a little bit of a, a segue into the next six months of, of this podcast. Hopefully we'll go, be going for a very long time and continuing to energize <laughs> the audience. That. I love the topics. name of this podcast. It's my favorite. Well, I didn't come up with it, so I can't take credit. I don't know who did. It was Eric Johnson. Oh, okay. Well, that figures. Got to give him credit. Yeah, where credit is due. That's right. So, All right. Well, if y'all want to check me out, uh, I have two podcasts, Oil and Gas This Week um, and Oil and Gas Industry Leaders. They are both excellent, Thank ladies you. and gentlemen. Thank you. And Dell's been on there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Okay, cool. So let's wrap it up for today. And I'm sure we're going to bring Paige back on probably in another six months. Okay. Yeah, that that, that can be our thing. That'll be our thing. Yes. <laughs> the the six-month mark. Thanks, Paige, for joining me here today. Thank you. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com. <laughs>